0: The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the second chapter. Glory to you, Lord. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. The Jews then said this temple has been under construction for 46 years and will you raise it up in 3 days but he was speaking of the temple of his body after he was raised from the dead his disciples remembered that he had said this and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken this is the gospel of the lord When Philip learned to walk, Jacob and Christian called him the destructor. They were into building things in those days. For years, it seemed our house was a web of Thomas the Tank engine tracks running under our dining room table, around the kitchen island, and even up the stairs. They built marble runs and Lego towers and walls made of cardboard bricks. But when Philip started to walk, things turned violent. When Philip first walked, He would swing his arms as if they were two little demolition wrecking balls destroying everything in his path. I still remember the screams of rage and injustice when he entered the room as he sent tracks and cardboard bricks and Legos flying through the air. I still remember his brothers pouncing on him and the wrestling that ensued, which has never really ended.
1: What they didn't realize,
0: because they were toddlers, is that while they were outraged when their creations got wrecked, is that they always rebuilt. And often what they rebuilt was better than what had once stood. But they didn't realize that because their brains were very, very small. They have a better understanding now of the reality that broken things can be rebuilt, but they, like us, often fail to understand the scope of what this means when we think of God. Over and over again, God rebuilds things that we wreck. In fact, that's the most concise summary of the Bible that I can offer you
1: adam and eve
0: and cain and abel noah and the flood countless exasperated prophets jesus repeating over and over you faithless people how long do i have to put up with you Since the foundation of the world, systemic brokenness has plagued humanity, resulting in structures that allow for and even sanction self-interest, injustice, and oppression. These systems dictate who ascends power as presidents or kings, who receives education Who is fed and who is hungry? Who is privileged and who is underprivileged? Who has rights and who does not? Who has access to health care and who bleeds out on the street? Who votes and who does not? And so on. We are so familiar with the broken systems that we cannot imagine anything else like Plato's allegory of the cave. If we see homeless people and do nothing, If we are consciously or unconsciously complicit in racist agendas, if we accept phobias that alienate other humans, then we have decided to call the wreckage our home. In our first reading for today, God is rebuilding the wreckage of lives lived as slaves for hundreds of years for the Israelite people by providing new structure in the form of commandments. And then much later, Jesus comes and builds something new in the face of human inability to keep these commandments. Jesus builds the cross in the place of those same commandments that had been broken by broken people. It's interesting that so many Christian traditions cling to the former ways, though, however broken instead of trusting in God to build new things in their place. For example, When Christians feel threatened by any number of issues like sexuality or family dynamics or holy living, we all too often trust in the letter of the law rather than in grace. And so we scour the scriptures looking for that particular commandment or that particular verse to justify the wreckage that we have wrought on other people. Christians quickly point to the commandments instead of the gospel when seeking to judge other people. But what happens when we ourselves put other gods before God, when we don't honor God's name and keep it holy, when we break Sabbath law in order to work so that we can feed our families or attend a women's basketball game instead of attending church? which none of you have broken because you're here, by the way. (laughs) Or when we can't or don't honor father and mother. What happens then? What happens when we kill other people with words or weapons? What happens when I commit adultery? What happens when I steal either with my hands or my eyes? What happens when I am envious or covetous? Wanting what my neighbor has and I don't Does God then abandon me if I break these commandments? What happens when the destructor enters the room arms swinging and everything is reduced to rubble and what happens if that destructor is me? Where then does hope lie? Today's gospel is important enough to be in all four Gospels even John who doesn't really play well with the other three Gospels. Here is Mark's passionate and angry Jesus that I warned you about a few weeks ago. However, if you notice that this Gospel today is from the book of John, even though we are in the year of Mark, maybe the lectionary organizers pulled the Gospel from John this week to show that even John, who marches to the beat of his own drum, includes this story in his book. So what is so compelling in this story that all four gospel authors agree must be included in their narratives about Jesus. Why this sudden temper tantrum such that Jesus makes a whip and thrashes with both arms swinging at animals and people alike, turning their tables over, scattering coins across the temple floor and sending terrified doves flying through the air. In today's gospel, Jesus says no more to the old ways. In today's gospel, Jesus wrecks old customs and traditions. No more temple sacrifice. No more. Today with whip in hand, Jesus is showing us that God is doing a new thing. Indeed, that Jesus is that new thing. In other words, Jesus is not to be just another sacrifice in a long line of sacrifices, keeping in line with ages of human sacrifice or animal sacrifice grain offerings wine offerings temple sacrifice no more to all of it these structures ensure that the dominant ones who depend on these things in order to lie in their own pockets and retain their titles of power are able to continue doing so so when Jesus turns all of this upside down very quickly the king The governor and the high priest begin to conspire about how to destroy him. The one thing entrenched and established systems do not desire is for someone to come along and upend their structures, which is exactly what Jesus is doing, with both arms swinging. Over and over in his ministry, in fact, Jesus upends and erects old systems and structures. He heals on the Sabbath, thus breaking the third commandment. He redefines the fourth commandment when his own mother and brothers come to see him. He breaks the fifth commandment in his salty language by calling the Pharisees and even his own disciples names. He exalts the lowly and curses the powerful. He rewards the meek and poor in spirit and crushes the oppressors. He frees the prisoners and brings healing to the blind and lame. He forgives the adulteress. He eats with sinners and tax collectors. He shatters walls that divide people based on economy, gender, and place in society. And for this, he is hunted down and killed by human beings who cannot see beyond their own self-interest and who wish to keep things the way they are, no matter how wrecked those things might be. But God uses this as an opportunity to do a new thing. God does not let the human word of death have the final stay. God instead raises Jesus from the dead and gives the final word, which is life. In the face, then, of human wreckage, God calls for life by literally wrecking death itself. But it is hard to see God's rebuilding in the world that we live in today. I was at a concert in Decorah on Friday that Christian played in, it was so much fun. And the place was packed with people dancing. And as I watched the young people dancing, I thought of the Supernova Music Festival on October 7th last year in Israel, also packed with young people dancing. And I wondered, why is my child safe? And why did those children die? I cleaned out my fridge last night and I thought about reports of Palestinians eating grass. My neighbor's dogs barked in the middle of the night last night and I got mad. Then I realized I am not hearing gunfire or the blast of tanks in my neighborhood. I sat on my porch writing this sermon and I breathed in 65 degree air and I realized people in South Africa have no such privilege. I carry cold water around with me every day. And I realized people in Mexico City fear that their city will run out of water entirely in just a few years. I sometimes despair over all of the things that human beings have wrecked and I know you do too. And then, when I want to get really dark, I think about times and places in my life when I've wrecked things pretty badly. Or times when others have wrecked things in my life. Or times when I've wrecked things in other people's lives and have doubted that anything new or good could possibly be rebuilt. And I know you have also had times and places in your lives which have seemed wrecked beyond any hope of rebuilding. We have all wrecked relationships with ourselves and with other people that seem to be beyond hope and beyond repair. But what can you or me or anyone else have possibly wrecked that God can't and won't rebuild? The answer is nothing. Everything that we have wrecked or destroyed or dismantled, lies within God's grace to rebuild and recreate and reestablish. Nothing and no one, therefore, falls outside of God's reach and realm of grace. What has been wrecked can and will be rebuilt. We have God's word And so we remember the biblical narrative that over and over God rebuilds things that human beings wreck. Wrecked things can be rebuilt. We wrecked Jesus on the cross and thought he was gone for good. And yet God rebuilt him in the resurrection and opened his kingdom to all of creation. In our lives here on earth, God calls us then to rebuild wrecked things in his name. Whether those things are our immigration system, our climate change issues, gun control, rights regarding race or sexuality or gender, economic inequality, we cannot pretend to unsee what we have seen. We cannot pretend to not know what we know. What we see and what we know is a world that looks wrecked beyond repair, but there is Christ who is Lord of all, who calls to us <clears throat> from the empty grave to flip over tables and upend systems and wreck oppressive structures in our time and in our place so that all people can know of God's unconditional and unending love so that all humans can live lives that are just and healthy and safe and peaceful humans wreck things in order to crush god wrecks things in order to liberate and invites us into this holy work no amount of human wreckage past present or future can outweigh god's desire for the restoration of all of creation amen